The OneStream Global Education Services team proudly presents the OneStream Podcast with your host, Peter Fugere. Greetings, fellow OneStreamers, and welcome to the OneStream Podcast, where we explore and examine all things OneStream, talk to experts in the industry, and gain knowledge from some of the brightest minds that help deliver and implement solutions for our clients. This episode's part of the OneStream Solution Series, where we explore solutions and ideas in and around CPM+. I'm your host, Peter Fugere, Chief Solutions Officer at OneStream Software. And as always, I'm excited to bring this discussion to you today. And I'm grateful to welcome Andy Moore and Steve Rolotti. Welcome, guys. How are you? Hey, how's it going, Peter? It's great to be back on. It's great to have you guys. We're talking about the marketplace and specialty engineering. Why don't we start? Tell the listeners, what is specialty engineering team? What is that? Yeah, so the uh, the specialty engineering team is a uh, a newly formed team uh, in the last uh, two years here at OneStream um, that is part of the overall engineering footprint, um, and we're really we're focused on collaboration um, across the entire OneStream ecosystem. So all of our partners, our customers, even internally as well. Uh, and what we're really focusing on is you know uh, enabling the developer community through uh, store innovation, uh, which we'll be talking here about our our kind of new solution exchange, which was released uh, as Splash just uh, in the last few months here. But we're also focused on exploring um, and increasing the capabilities around configuration uh, on top of the platform for all of the use cases and ideas and business problems our customers, uh, partners, and anyone in the ecosystem, is, as we'll talk about here, are really trying to solve. Um, so, that, you know, through this, there's going to be a lot of creativity, but mostly, more, you know, most importantly, it's going to be a lot of teamwork. Um, and there's going to be a lot of impact across multiple uh, areas of our company, as well as in just in the entire ecosystem. Um, it's it's something that's going to take a monumental effort from the entire village, which is something that's we've held true since the inception of OneStream. Guys, I kicked off this podcast talking a little bit about CPM Plus. You know, we're going to talk more about that. But what is CPM Plus? Just quickly, what what is that, and how does that tie to what specialty engineering is doing? So CPM plus, um, so what, what, what I'd like to focus on is something that was introduced as Splash uh, along with the Solution Exchange. Uh, and CPM plus, what it really refers to is uh, when we released CPM Blueprint, we focused on the foundational aspects of what it means to implement in one stream and what it means to produce des- uh, an asset that illustrates the design patterns uh, that we hold near and dear to us today for how the platform should be built and used. And CPM Plus is going to take that a step further by allowing us to uh, visualize and realize in, you know, in a tangible, with tangible assets, the capability of extending the CPM foundation uh, and being able to extend our solutions outside of the core finance offerings that we know of and that we've been focused on in our track record at OneStream today. I'd like to add that for me, And although CPM Plus hasn't truly been defined yet, um, I think it's still it's taking um, the it's taking the platform even further beyond, uh, you know, even operational type solutions. I've seen solutions that are that are uh, that are built around logging someone's exercises and things like that. With Open Place, we get we get exposed to a lot of of. interesting utilities that people just kind of come up with and it's amazing to see that that there are use cases you know even beyond the the normal finance type box 
just to speak a little bit about those operational solutions, like what we're initially seeing in CPM Plus are, you know, types of solutions that our partners are looking to extend our offerings, our core offerings at OneStream in terms of handling things like, you know, like Amco's lease compliance solution in strategic IQs, auto planning at a factory level. Those are tremendous, tremendous solutions that offer um, you know, and it, I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as verticalizing them and in typecasting them into specific areas, but just as examples of where they're taking things further in one stream on top of the foundations that we've already laid out. So that's really what CPM Plus represents. So there's all these things in my mind too. You guys said it real well, but you know that there's traditional CPM, what we think of that's been defined, you know, for the last twenty plus years, twenty five years or so, and then. On top of that, like, you know, where because one streams are a true platform, we're going in these other directions. So, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. So the partners are are building these solutions. How do you guys fit in with that? Are you, what do you guys do to support them? In the beginning, uh, when when the partners did present, when the first cohort of partners presented their solutions to us for Partner Place, we worked hand in hand, almost like a kind of a white glove treatment where, um, you know, we, we helped them get to that place where they were able to present a solution that met our standards, you know, the one stream standards. Yeah. Everything from helping them build up their development skills to providing them some tools that they could use, even providing them guidance on, on how to set up a, a true development environment to, to work on their software. So guys, what are the steps involved with, with vetting a solution? What is our process? How do we ensure we have a good quality app? Well, there's four steps that we've, that we've kind of modeled to vet a solution. Um, the very first one is to do a solution review. When we get a solution from a partner or even from internally for open place, a utility, we load it in, we, we review it just to do a simple smoke test to review it. We navigate around, we see what it's about. Uh, and we look at the documentation that they provide for what the solution does. The second step would be our solution scans. We have internal software that scans the solution. So uh, it will it will scan for things like naming convention, structure, um, any kind of, it'll raise any red flags, uh, any overt code issues that we might see. And this, this, by the way, that tool that we use is also a tool that's made available to the partner that they can use during their development. Uh, so that they can give us a cleaner solution. The third step is we do an actual eyes on code review. So we will, Andy and I and, and, uh, some other developers, we will sit there and look line by line through thousands and thousands of lines of code to identify any, any risk spots, any, any areas, code smells, um, problems with that. And we go back and forth to work with the partner to, uh, to get those cleaned up. And the last one is, is our security team has to evaluate the solution to make sure there are no security vulnerabilities, nothing that's going to crash a customer's, you know, environment, uh, things like that. Um, that's basically once all the green lights are, are given and, and all the thumbs up are done, that's when a solution is really ready to be, to be put out there. Thinking about the a customer too. If I'm sitting out there and I'm a customer, and I'm thinking, well, why would I trust these these solutions? And it sounds like you know, you guys not not just support, but there's a vetting 
and and some effort to ensure that like I like what you said, Steve, about how the the quality of these these solutions are at some level. We're making sure we're we're maintaining that high referenceability that we have at OneStream. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, just just the same as the marketplace engineering team. Uh, has a set of standards, a minimum set of standards. They, I mean, I'll tell you, they exceed those standards every day. But we also, in order to have a partner submit and get approved a solution that they want to put on partner place, they have to meet uh, at least a minimum set of standards. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to to help them, to guide them, coach them, to to get their solutions to that point. And just to add to that, you know, I think you know, Steve highlighted a lot of things there. Well, I mean, there were a lot of specific things we we uh, assisted partners with, and I, and I think it's important when we're think, talking about that or thinking about it, you know, out loud here and for for our listeners that it's okay no matter where you are on your software development journey, you don't have to be at a certain expert level to develop software. We are here to support and provide the resources as we'll talk about today. And that's really what we are learning. It's going to be a continuous process. There's going to be a lot of feedback along the way going both ways. Um, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be some learning going both ways in terms of what works and what doesn't work. But we are really focused on uh, providing our various partners and uh, anyone really in the, in the community who is, who has an idea that solves a business problem that they would like to develop on in OneStream as a software development activity, we are looking to support them. No matter if you're a consultant today looking to be a developer and taking on that journey like I went on, or if you're Steve in his journey where he is, he has a lot more development and engineering experience um, traditionally. So I just wanted to add that in there. It is okay if you're a partner listening, no matter where you are in that journey today, do not get discouraged about that. I think to that point, Andy, you know, there's three things I think about with the with the OneStream platform. Uh, you know, if, I, if I'm a customer out there, trust, you know, that the, the, the platform has the reliability, pre-built components, the team of the partner and OneStream support, which our support has been exceptional through the history. And then there's a real development cycle that you guys are, it sounds like you're really building a community of developers. Do I get that right? You do, 100%. We are looking to build in an inclusive community that is not just targeted towards your specific, your 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 kind of typical software developer um, in the sense of like, I'm an engineer and I work for a software, third-party software development company, or, or even I'm someone who works for just a partner that implements OneStream today. It is not just closed off to that. It, it is inclusive of, if you're a customer, um, you know, like we had some customers, you know, um, who have developed solutions that they have interest of putting them out on open place. That's possible too. If you're just a third party, if you're just an individual who is out there and you enjoy coding and you enjoy, and you know, one stream and you just, you have your own GitHub and you want to approach us about producing solutions. That's a possibility. We are looking to attract the best and brightest uh, and really anyone who has a great idea. Well, maybe, maybe give the listeners a, a recap too of how, what the marketplace is now, how it's evolved. I mean, it's not just one one big pile of solutions anymore. We, we kind of broke it out. Tell me about that. Tell the listeners about that. Well, right now we have, it, it's now no longer called marketplace. There's, it's called solution exchange. Right. So we've renamed it to solution exchange. That is in the form of three different pieces. Marketplace is still the place where 
a customer can grab, uh, you know, all of the marketplace engineering de developed solutions. Um, they still exist. They're still there. Those are the one stream solutions, the ones we always had. Yeah, the one stream supported solutions. They're created by the marketplace team. Um, then we've got the partner place, which is what what you were referring to earlier with the five initial partners that entered their solutions into there. And then we've got the open place, which is more of, I, I would say, Andy, and, and, you know, let me know if this is where you're thinking. Open place, I look at as more as almost an open source community where where we've got, you know, one stream created solutions. We could have partner created solutions in there. We could have customer created solutions in there. Open place is more of a, a place where you can put a solution where um, if a customer wants to grab an open place solution, they can do what they want with it. It's an, almost an open license. And with OpenPlace, I mean, we've got 14 solutions in there, including uh, the CPM blueprint, the ESG blueprint. Uh, we've got an OpenPlace template that will allow developers to even start off and, and create a solution using a template um, that meets, and right off the bat, it'll create a solution that meets every one of our minimum standards. Yeah, and just to elaborate a bit more, Steve, there on the open place solutions, they, that's actually one of my favorite areas because it's an area that, you know, when, when someone says, how do I know what type of solution I have? Like where, like, you might just have an idea, you have a prototype for it, and you want to put it out there and you want to see what comes of it. What, where does it go? Is, like, is it, is it, you know, does it need to follow a traditional regimented rigid product development life cycle it may not it may not even be a full solution it may just be like a utility like a it could be an excel utility or like that runs macros to help format dimensions from uh, customer requirements uh peter it could be it could be a report helper or report builder it could be something that helps rationalize information it could be a utility for modifying security groups it could be anything it, it could have a lot of breadth and depth it you know, there's a vast amount of different types of open place solutions. The idea, though, is that it is a place, a safe place for people to publish solutions where they, they can get their ideas out. And who knows? Those ideas might become supported solutions. Those ideas might become part of the platform and product itself, or they may just be there. But they can be iterated. They can receive feedback live in the community, in the one community. And, they, and people can modify them just like in GitHub. You can have a bunch of contributors. And what, that con what those con contributions do is it continues to foster more ideas in ways that we can make the platform better for the overarching OneStream community and everyone in it. So what, what kind of solutions do we have now that you guys find customers get the most value from right now? I have a few that are my favorites. I, my, yeah, let's hear them. I, I got to say the templates... Uh, the open place template is one of my favorites. I think that is a great utility that anyone can use to, and, and anyone I'm talking even internal one stream developers can use that to start a solution. And and we're expanding that even now as we speak. We're we're putting out the next version of that with even more features with support for 8.0 with workspaces and and things like that. That uh, you know it's going to be that's going to be great. We're also uh, going to be developing and putting out a partner place template that has a full licensing framework already built into it that partners can leverage. Uh, we found that a lot of the partners kind of struggled a little bit with, with licensing code and things like that just to make sure they were getting it right. Um, 
I think this way, if we provide them with, you know, a basic framework that they can build from, uh, it'll, it'll definitely help speed up their development time. This partner template is something that I'm, I'm really excited about. It's one of my favorite solutions too, actually. Um, I think it's all of our favorite solutions on our team. <laughs> um, but, but we think of it as a way to innovate and learn and continuously, you know, iteratively innovate on what people need and are using in their solutions that they don't want to keep replicating. And maybe there shouldn't be 20 versions of this yeah. out there. Maybe we should try to have one version and continue to iterate and make it the best version possible that everyone can use. And it's just available for them to take and run with. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that was the idea behind the blueprint, behind the SML blueprint, you know, building out as much as, as you think you can that everybody's going to use to, you know, to help accelerate development and, and make sure that you've got a good foundation. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. So what other things besides, you know, that, that, uh, that framework, what other things are you guys doing? How do you prepare partners to develop? And what are other things you're doing to prepare partners to, to be developers? We, we realize and recognize that there is a lot of content first and foremost, that we need to help create that is in the mindset and framework of the developer that they can utilize. Uh, and when I say developer, I mean, I don't mean you're just an engineer. I mean, people like a, whether you're a third, a true third party software development company, or it could be implementation partners that we've talked about, or it could be a customer wanting to put a solution out. We really want to help foster and create all the documentation and content that are not just there to show the how, you do something, but it was really indicative of, of showing um, explicitly the design patterns. So when we have new features coming out, and you're going to see a lot of this stuff, a lot of this content at Wave, but um, when we have new features like dynamic dashboards or custom controls, right? And people hear these words and they immediately go to some of the documentation and they think about, okay, this shows me how to use it. But if I'm a developer, I might be looking at it from a different lens. How do I productize it, Right. How do I use this to productize an idea? So we're really focused. One of the things we're really focused on is offering that level of content in the mindset of the developer, whoever the developer is. So Andy, you mentioned Wave. Why don't we tell the listeners what is Wave? Yeah, no. So Wave is our conference uh, that focuses strictly on the developer and kind of technology side of OneStream. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, there may be some similar content like uh, from Splash, but this is really focused to get go a few levels deeper than the content at Splash. So you might see some similar themes, but this is, again, we're looking for people to really kind of come in here and, you know, for lack of better terms, get nerdy and talk about all the nitty gritty things, uh, whether it's from coding to our new features to design patterns and how to best accomplish things in one stream. So this, this isn't a conference for the CFOs. This is more for the admins and the developers, right? Um, correct. Yeah, the OneStream Wave conference overall is really designed for those who have that kind of advanced knowledge and experience within the OneStream software platform already. Okay. Uh, it's not to discourage those who are seeking it, um, but it is something that if you do have that advanced knowledge, you've, you've been implementing, you have, you, you do some coding today, or even if you want to learn coding too, that's, it's a great place to come to, uh, do that within, within one stream. Um, you know, it's easy to say that every you know, a lot of people know coding, um, but there is a level of coding within one stream with, with context that you need, that a lot of people need to have experience with. Well, when is it? When is wave? 
Yeah, so WAVE this year is going to be uh, from October 2nd to the 4th, and it's going to be in Walt Disney World at the Swan Hotel in Orlando, Florida, which I am pumped about. Well, off the subject, but a fun fact we can talk about is uh, when I was in the service, I was stationed in Orlando. And when we didn't have any money, if you wore your uniform, you could go to the park for free. So uh, when we only got paid every other week, so that meant the other weeks, the other weeks we didn't have any money, we'd all go to the park and like ride roller coasters and hang out. So something to do to get off the base. Well, let me let me ask you this. If I'm a admin or a developer, what would I what should I expect if I go like what you know, what am I doing while I'm there? Yeah, I think uh, I'll let Steve add in some context here. But I think overall what, what you know, what they should expect is, you know, first and foremost is access. They're going to get access to a lot of one stream subject matter experts uh, as well as our, some of our leaders. Um, there's going to be some very high end uh, advanced skill level breakout sessions um, you know, that, that they're going to get nitty and gritty. They're going to get hands on. They're going to help people really understand foundationally from a design pattern standpoint and from a best case, best use case practice, um, as well as just an opportunity to really ask questions, um, that are technical in nature that maybe they didn't want to ask at splash, or maybe there wasn't an opportunity, right? Again, this is really getting into the nitty gritty type of, uh, conversations around, the um, developer experience and what they need. Um, I think another aspect of it is, you know, we are going to be focusing on getting feedback and focusing on using that feedback to provide more innovation, to provide the best development experience we can going forward. And I've heard that there's a rumor there's going to be like a hackathon. I mean, that's that's the type of level this is at. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be a hackathon. I think there's there's four teams. That are going to present. There's going to they're going to present some some really, I think really cool ideas um, that they've they've developed over the past few months. It's going to be really interesting. I think between the breakout sessions, the the expert roundtables, which those should be really interesting. Uh, just listening to to just a a, a subject matter expert, um, you know, having a roundtable discussion, and uh, you know. The labs, there's going to be some labs, some hands-on things. I think there's going to be something for everybody. That's great. Let me ask you another question, you know, sort of pivoting again. There's a lot we can do in OneStream as a platform. You know, what what are some things you guys think are just are possible, like directions you're excited about with the product? You know, it's something I think about often, Peter. Uh, I, I think, you know, for me, I'm really excited in the advancements that we're making in our dashboards and workspaces. Um, I think there's a lot of exciting opportunities in what we can do there. I think there's a lot of exciting opportunities uh, in what we can do with our API. I think our API is something that we are revisiting right now and looking to advance and improve that for the OneStream community to make it even easier to develop. Um, those would be two areas. Um, I mean, specifically, I'm really excited about our dashboard, like our custom control cap feature that came out. I'm really excited about dynamic dashboards. I'm really excited about our assembly features. I think people are going to learn more about those features at Wave, and they're going to learn how they can use them to better develop uh, and really develop more efficiently. Well, that that uh, the the new dynamic dash. That's easy for me to say. The new dynamic dashboard. Geez, uh, but that's that's part of the 8.0 release, isn't it? 
Yeah, so you know, so dynamic dashboards, dynamic dashboards. You know, one thing I think that's great that we can talk about here. Dynamic dashboards. It started really in seven three. We started laying down the foundation with workspaces. We've continued to iterate on it, and eight zero is a massive release for features uh, in this area. Um, but it did start in seven three. So when people are seeing workspaces and they're wondering what workspaces do for them now, and in seven three, it's really a starting point for a lot of the work that's being done by our our uh, platform engineering team. Um, and all their hard work that they've been doing that are that we're now starting to see in 8.0 and we're going to continue to see in 8.1 um, as we continue to reshape how we develop solutions in with workspaces and dashboards in those areas. You know, let me let me ask you one more, more question before we wrap this up. With all the talk about AI, machine learning, chat GPT and everything else, what do you guys think are the most interesting, disruptive technology predictions that you guys think are going to just really rock this space or people should be thinking about? I've been waiting for this topic to come up. It's one of my favorite topics um, here, Peter. Um, I will, will restrain myself from using AI to actually answer it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, AI, yeah, you could view it as a, as a disruptor. A lot of people view it as something as an extension of autocomplete. So when you think about autocomplete with IntelliSense and whatnot, people think, well, AI is just another shift or another advancement in that area of technology. You have your people who, who think, oh, AI is going to, it is pivotal. You cannot work on software development without it. And then you have a lot of people who are against it. And then you have everyone in the middle. And I'd say like, the way I think about it is somewhere in the middle where I think it's very important. It's going to be a disruptor just from a sense of we need to make sure we're following security best practices when we're developing software. We need to make sure that information is not being leaked. We need to be sure that we have the best foundations and frameworks possible to support AI services where AI wants to be used as part of development activities day in and day out. And that is yeah. where, Peter, it is best used is to support development activities. Uh, a couple of those use cases include, yes, GitHub Copilot. It helps learn. It trains against your repos. Um, and so that, you know, that, that, again, going back to security, you want to be conscious of what you're putting out there. It does train and learn how you code and learn how to best help you with what you want to use. Um, some other great use cases of AI on a daily aspect are if you're working on a solution or you have a bit of code that someone sent you, and you're a little bit unsure of what it does, but someone sent it to you saying it was going to solve your problem, you can ask AI to explain it for you. And it'll walk through and step through. So if, you, if you're trying to spend time translating someone else's code, it'll really help you be more efficient in that sense. So where I do expect AI to be a disruptor is on a daily, day-to-day -day operations of a developer's life helping them research, helping them come up with starting point, boilerplate template code, potentially, um, you know, uh, documentation, it'll refactor code for you and find bugs, uh, writing, writing unit testing plans that are that follow best practices. Um, it can do all sorts of those all, all flavors, types and sorts of those those uh, activities. Steve, anything, anything to add there on, on AI or just from the ML side? I don't know if I can add to what you just said. I mean, you pretty much hit, hit the nail on the head right there. I, I think natural language AI is is going to improve the way we can communicate 
you know, business ideas, things like that. Cause it's, it's, a, it's almost natural language. It's, it's human language. Um, but I, I think it'll go a long way toward the using, you know, creating no code tools and low code tools for, for developers and, and to, to help them develop better software. I don't think it's ever going to be able to replace an actual developer, at least not for a long time, but um, it'll certainly help, uh, you know, people entering the market, entering this, this, um, you know, becoming true developers, you know, like, like, uh, like what Andy was saying with, with GitHub and the way they're implementing AI, you know, it's, it's just, I, I, it's crazy how quickly it's growing. Another great discussion. Guys, thank you so much for bringing your expertise to the podcast today. And thank you, fellow OneStreamers, for joining us. And I hope you'll join us at WAVE, the Walt Disney World Swan, October 2nd to October 4th, 2023. Hope to see you there. Remember, if you like this content, please don't forget to subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Questions, comments, or concerns, please reach out at podcast at onestreamsoftware.com. I look forward to bringing you another exciting podcast. And until then, take care and I'll see you next time on the OneStream Podcast. The OneStream Podcast is brought to you by the OneStream Global Education Services team.